Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief. Uh, I got a text from the Statman yesterday. He met Tyler O'Neill, I think, on the Roberto Clemente Bridge. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. And I am the Champ and Aloha from Haleiwa, Hawaii, on the north shore of Oahu. Are you enjoying yourself? Oh, man, it is absolutely fantastic here. Um, we are oceanfront on the North Shore, which <clears throat> Honolulu is on the South Shore, so it doesn't get as much traffic here. And literally um, on the beach, you might see 20 people um, on a you know quarter-mile stretch. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Weather's perfect. High 80s every day. The lows are in the mid-70s. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, I guess it's a long flight. But you have a layover in L.A.? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's about, it was five hours from Philadelphia to L.A. and then five and a half hours from L.A. to Honolulu. And um, I actually managed it really well. I was kind of surprised because that's kind of been the longest time. I, I don't know if I could do um, 11 hours straight if I took a flight out of, let's just say, Newark into Honolulu. I mean, you, you've taken some long flights, even though you don't like to fly, right, um, with yeah. the military? Yeah, I. But we had a layover. I forget where we laid over when I went to Kyrgyzstan. That was probably Oof. about eighteen hours in the air. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! You know, I, I like to think I'm pretty good with geography, and I don't know if I could locate Kyrgyzstan on a map. It's it's marked. <laughs> it's got a. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so what what did you get from Bill? Uh, yeah, he sent a text yesterday afternoon. A couple hours before the game time, he's out at the Cardinals Pirates series, and he I, he said he met Tyler O'Neill. He sent a picture of him talking to someone. Uh, he sent what? a picture of O'Neill, and I don't know. If, it looked like the Roberto Clemente Bridge. So, um, yeah, it was kind of cool that uh, that he sent that. So I thought I included today. So, so, so wait a second. He 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 saw Tyler O'Neill, or he talked to him as well. He talked to him. Yeah, yeah. He, he I think wow. Bill texted me saying O'Neill said he's going to be in the lineup tonight. And then he sent me the picture. So, all right, yeah, well, cool. I, I I wish I would have known that. I would have said, get his rear end moving. He needs to produce a little bit better than he has in the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tyler and Neil when we get to your team this in this, okay. <laughs> this section. Yeah. Um. Okay. Good. So you got one more week out there. Oh uh, yeah, we we, okay. we have like eight uh, eight or nine days, so oh, we're, awesome. we're not even halfway through yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's really cool, man. It, and it's good to uh, see your daughter and. And um, yeah, and spend some time outside of Spring City or wherever you live. Do you, do you realize? Do you know the last time I took a two week vacation? What? Yeah. When was that? Uh, never. 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 Never ever. They're the greatest things, so, aren't they? Well, you've you've not experienced it yet. Once when you usually you're packing up to come home at this time, like on a Sunday. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now you're like, oh shoot, I got another ten days. It's awesome. Yeah, it's well. As, it's a great experience. As Bob Kirk, Bob Kirk kind of reminded me in a text that you know, in retirement, every day is a vacation day. So, and <laughs> and he's kind of right about that. Yeah, when you do, when you have to ask somebody, hey, what day is it? That's when you know you're relaxed. That's a good day. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So you're our guest this week. Oh. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about your your team overall. Your you, you dropped to ninth. Yeah, that week. happened quickly. Yeah, so you you went from hovering around six, you skipped over seven and eight, and dropped to nine. You're down to thirty nine points. You got nineteen offensive points and twenty pitching points. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll stick with the normal questions, but uh, how would you assess your team? Other than bad. well, okay, like how, how do you assess yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you, you know, let me preface this by saying, when you're in ninth place and dropping, it, it's hard not to be negative. So, I, I want to make sure that you know the listeners know that that I'm not trying to be overly negative. Like I may have ended last week, and I apologize <laughs> about that. But yeah, you, you, you know, I, I talked about this before. Um, there were three key areas um, in, during a season, right? There's there's retention that you have some control over. Um, there's the actual draft itself and then fab management um, that you can really control. And then outside of that is injuries. And I think I get, I get failing grades on each one of those three. 
Okay. Um, when you talk about retention, you retained Ian Happ this year? Yeah. Correct? Ian Hapless. Yep. Ian Hapless. Yep. So that would be a guy you would think like, all right, I, I kind of swung and missed at that one. Yeah, I really thought that in, in 2019 he was kind of turning the corner, right? Has a combination of power and speed, doesn't hit for much average. Sure. And and then in, in that um, COVID shortened season last year in 2020, he really put up some good numbers. And uh, I thought the Cubs were going to give him the everyday opportunity. They shipped out Elmora out of center field. So I'm thinking, hey, he has the chance to have five. 500 to 600 plate appearances and and possibly put together a 15, 15 or 20, 20 home run to a still on base type season. And he just got off to a bad start and just, I guess the last two weeks he's looked decent, but prior to that, it, it's, it was, it was a bust. Yeah. And I thought the Cubs gave him every opportunity to win. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they had a short leash on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also retained Christian Yelich. Um, looking back at this season, would you have done – like, do you think it was the right move? Did you have any hesitation of retaining him, walking in? See, see, I, I, I didn't. Um, so let, let, let's just go back. Let's go back to the 2019 season when you and I pulled off a trade. I was at Music Fest up in Lehigh Valley, and um, that was one of the persons – uh, one of the players that I really wanted was Christian Yelich because I could retain him um, into the 2020 season or as it happened in the, to the 2021 season. Right. And, and I guess I was a little bit surprised how quickly you kind of said, yeah, I'm willing to give him up. And um, you had said something last season that I didn't really listen to, and that was the back issue. And it, it, I think it's a bigger problem than than I had um, thought, and, and and you, I guess you really thought that that was going to be an issue with him, and it really has. I mean, what does he have this year? Eight home runs, nine home runs, something like that. And when you you can't swing and miss at a three dollar player, no, in retention, no, and and that's what happened with me. Yeah, and then you also retained Trevor Story. Yeah, uh, so that was okay. So that was a calculated gamble. Sure. Um, yeah. Because there were rumors that he was going to be traded, and, and I thought, okay, um, he he can put up some some numbers pretty quickly and be a thirty thirty guy, and I'll take the chance that the Rockies don't trade him. And lo and behold, they didn't trade him, but he he just hasn't looked like himself. And, and I just think he he's a player right now that just wants out of of Colorado and just not performing. I I still think he'll get some money in free agency. But, um, I, again, I swung and missed. His performance, as we get to later, has not been worthy of, of a $3 retention. Yeah, and I, I get your, your theory because you and I talked about it on one of the podcasts before is even if they trade him, they're probably not going to trade him before the deadline. So you're going to get a solid four months out of the guy. And he, he could have really good numbers in four months. Let, you know. So let, yeah. let me ask you a question. Had I not retained him? Right? How much do you think he would have gone for in the draft? Oh, he's a $3 player. I, I think some people who maybe had a $3 player already would have been a little hesitant because of the possible trade thing. But he, he's an easy $3 player. And yeah, and that's I, I, what you retained him I, for. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought that, hey, if, if I throw him back into the draft um, and don't retain him, that if he's brought up early enough in the draft, you know, the first, let's just say, first two, three rounds, something like that, it will slowly get close to that $3 mark, if, you know, if oh, not yeah. over $3 mark. So that's Absolutely. why I retained him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you also retained Jordan Hicks. Well, there, there was another, right? The Jordan Hicks slash um, Alex, Alex Reyes, Reyes fiasco, which, yeah, yeah I, I didn't really, I, I didn't think that, that Hicks, that was another good player that I, I got from you in the 2019 trade. I mean, you, you, you so, you know, I, I don't want to turn this around. Maybe we'll talk about this next week, but you've made some really good trades with, with, with people that I thought that I was getting a really good deal on. Um, but, but getting back to Hicks, I, he, he looked good, uh, I guess, in spring training and was going to get the opportunities to save. Um, I would have retained um, Alex Reyes, but somehow he wasn't, retainable for me so i took hicks and he's been injured basically since april he'll be 
out the rest of this season, and the Cardinals need to figure out what to do with him, whether they want to. Um, he actually came in as a, as a starter, so we'll see if they, they start to move him into a starting role or Reyes, but yeah, that was a bust. Yeah, um, and, I, and Josh Hader was your other retention. Yes, which he will be retained again next year in his last year. So as you can see right there, so now if you start the season – behind with those retention picks, you know, and I, and I spent with those players seven or eight bucks. Yeah. So now I'm at, I'm at $17, right? Everybody else has 22, 23, 24. And I thought, okay, I'm sitting pretty. Let me wait until the middle rounds of the draft. And I thought that in the middle rounds, I, I, I really didn't execute as, as kind of Tom talked about. I, I had, I was going to try some things and I didn't execute in the middle round. Uh, of, of the draft, but still thought I was okay based upon the players I retained. And, and it got toward the end, and I was bidding on players, probably overbidding, because I needed to fill roster spots. And it yeah. was just bad. The, the, the draft was not a, a good day. And then lastly, I think it's your best value is Dylan Carlson. Yeah, I did retain him, and I'll, I'll retain him into next year. A little disappointed, though. Um, you know, as, as a as a 22 year old rookie, I think he's having a, a a very good season, and he'll be in the running for rookie of the year somewhere. He may not get it. I'm a little disappointed in his stolen base tolls. I expected him to steal maybe five, you know 10, 10, 10 stolen bases, and I think he has one or two this year. Well, that but may be a I think factor he's, of he's the kind manager of a too. Right, I mean, he, 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 that may be a factor of the manager. I'm not sure Dylan Carlson has a green light whenever he gets on first. Well, here's the thing: is is somewhere in, in April or May when when Edmund was kind of struggling as a leadoff hitter, they moved um, Carlson into the leadoff spot. So if he gets on base, you have Goldschmidt and Arenado two three behind him, and they're, they're not running him. No, in they're going to run into an out. No. Yeah, yeah, and Carlson seems to me a guy who can spot steal. I mean, we're not t- talking about someone who can steal sixty bases. He yeah, I, I think the spots. future is pretty good for him. I mean, yeah. he can play all the outfield spots. So yeah, for, for next year, for for, for what is it going to be twenty five cents? I think I'll retain him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I guess it would have been nice to have those. Uh, what I would have thought is the runs RBIs reversed. Instead of 63 runs and 48 ribs, I thought it would be the opposite with Carlson. But when he starts, that's really the point. Yeah. Um, all right. So looking into next year, what 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 is your, uh, you know, your framework of retention walking into 22? Um, well, in in terms of retention, obviously, uh, I'm thinking about retaining Hader for his last year. I think that's like at a buck fifty. Um, as you talked about Carlson, I'll, I'll retain him. Um, I I, I think. Uh, Trevor Rogers from sure. from uh, the Marlins at twenty five cents. I retain him, and then it kind of gets dicey from there. I, I don't know about Tyler O'Neill whether I'm going to keep him. Or not. I, I think so. I think at a buck fifty. Sure. Nickel. I think if he yeah. can make it through the whole season, number one, being injured and being in the lineup the whole time, um, I, I, I don't always like his approach at the plate. But I think if I can just leave him in the lineup and not look. I, yeah, I think the problem yeah, sometimes is yeah. when you see a player all the time. Yeah, I get it. You, you know, you start to see all the flaws, and you judge it day by day versus kind of taking a longer view. Um, I'm looking to retain him, and, and, and I think I'm going to retain – I think J.J. Blade may have been a mistake. I, he, he's struggling in the minors. Um, I think I'm looking at um, T.J. Antone. I think he's going to be the next big thing in Cincinnati. Okay. And then, and, and then I think I'm going to retain this guy Brennan Davis that I picked up last year, uh, last week in Fab. I, I think he he might get a chance to uh, play in that uh, Cubs outfield next year, and I think he he, he could be a power speed guy, and, yeah. and possibly struggle. I I, w- I would like to think he could be a Dylan Dylan Carlson type. I I think it's funny. It's almost like uh, the past couple of weeks have been a race for the Cubs in the Fab. Like <laughs> there's yeah, like one right? one or two a week going out. <laughs> Well, they're playing. They're they're playing everybody, and you yeah. might as well at this point. Yeah. Uh, the the other guy I thought for a retention that I I don't know if he's if he's, I mean he's going to play whether he can stay healthy is this Josh Rojas. 
you know, that's a really good point. So, so I need to take a look and, and, and say, what do I want to do? You know, Josh Rojas was, he got off to a really, he got, he had a really good spring, which yeah. is the reason why. And, and I was desperate at that point in the draft. I'm like, Hey, let me take a shot. And it's not, not, it's not anything that I knew. And the month of April was really bad. And he was really close to, to not getting playing time. Yep. And then he got really hot in uh, end of April, early May. And, um, I think that he's a player that the Diamondbacks will, will kind of build around. Because as you pointed out in the previous podcast, Diamondbacks are an old team for as bad as they are. Yeah, and Rojas has just over an 8 OPS. So that's pretty good yeah. coming from a second baseman. You know, Absolutely. I mean, that would be a dollar. Um, yeah, I, but it's probably it's something that when I looked at it, I thought, eh, that, that, that guy is kind of interesting to see what happens with their roster over the, over the winter. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pitching wise is where you really, where you never got any ground to stand on. And I, I, it just sounds, you just could never get any rhythm with your. Well, here's the thing. Um, even up through the all-star break, I want to say I had 27, 28 pitching points, which I was absolutely astounded. That yeah. I had that many points because I looked at my pitching staff and like uh, it's being done with mirrors and certainly um, that's the case and, and the wheels started to fall off right off the All Star break and this is this is who they really are my my, my pitching um, you know not to rub this in but uh, taking out uh, the last performance Gutierrez um, has pitched pretty well Vladimir Gutierrez for sure. for uh, yeah. um, for the Reds so yeah you know what Here, here's the thing is. Despite all, I, I had a lot of injuries this year. But despite that, my my team, I, I deserve to be where I am. You know, I'm still gonna fight and try and see if I can sneak into seventh. But based upon the last three weeks, it's looking doubtful. Okay. Yeah, and and you, like you said, your pitching points have really, really decreased. And um, yeah, for most of the year, you and I were neck and neck in in ERA. And then I every week I looked, you kept falling further and further away from me. <sighs> And my team was not pitching well, so I how, figured how about, how about this? this? This is going to be, this is going to be the first time I finished second to last um, since about two thousand. I think it was two thousand three or two thousand four. It was so long ago. It was when Pete was in the league. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking about uh, uh, the standings, uh, Bob Kirk sends out this text to us: "Turn out the lights. The party's over." Um, when you, when you saw that, were you thinking, yeah, he's probably right. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, I, I had to look at the, the, the standings cause you know, I'm, I'm getting carried away here with this tropical lifestyle and I look and I'm like, what the heck has happened with his team or, or with Bill's team? Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I it, it's gonna, it's gonna take an act of God for, for, for Bob to, to fall out of this with a, with a 10 point lead now. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a 10 point lead. Yeah, and I, I think he was in second in August at some point. And then his team just woke. Well, they, they, they are who they are. Like It's it's not they were overperforming. They are who they are. Right. But, let, let's, let's be honest. Bob, Bob he, he was predicted to be one of the top teams um, with that retention that, that he had, right? And he, he did not mess it up in the draft. In fact, he fortified his team's. Uh, with 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 Fab when he, he you know he went in bit pretty big for Willie Adamas. Yeah, that was and, a big move. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean the thing, the three things that I talked about, he hit on, and you know he deserves as much as I hate to say this, he deserves to be where he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, then looking at the weekly period, uh, well let, let, let's go back to the overall. Um, okay. the Lakers take over second place. Uh, with, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Bill's offense is kind of faltering a little bit. Um, so the Lakers take over second with 75, Statman are in third with 73, then we got the Dudes at 59, Bulls at 58, and myself, the Roosters at 56 and a half, and it was funny, uh, about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock last night, I, if, uh, I, I got passed an OPS by you, and, um, I got a win from Logan Webb, but the Bulls must have got a win as well, so I didn't pass them, I stayed tied. Uh, if everything, w- I, I, I had a shot of finishing fourth walking into this morning, but, um, yeah. I was going to say, are you going to, are you going to finish fourth? 
I have a shot, Jamie. I, I, I think if my team, and I don't know how my team hits that as many home runs as it does, I, I really kind of find it interesting. Um, but I'm scoring runs, and I might actually pass Bill and run scored too. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I have a shot at it. it, it uh, you know, Mustakas got hurt last night, but that means Suarez, Eugenio Suarez was losing playing time. So I, I think he'll play a little bit. Um, I, I I could. I, I, wins is a factor. Um, and, it, I, you know, if I can get a get a couple saves, I mean, the guy in front of me is not doesn't have a whole lot. So, um, yeah, so, it, it'll be interesting. It's the Sewer Hawks that are in front of me, and, and he, he's two in front of me. So it's not crazy that I could pass him if Rodgers and Naris would just run into a couple saves over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think, you know, you're going to continue fighting. Certainly uh, the dudes and Bob Freeze, um, that the, they're going to continue, you know, because they have that uh, work battle um, going on. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you have a, a, a chance at it. But as you know, and, and, and I'll paraphrase here, in, in the Bush League, September is the cruelest month. <laughs> right? Because yeah. because you just you just don't know who's going to play with rookies, that type of I mean, yeah. It depends upon, obviously, major league teams and, and how they're going to play out the season. If, if, if you have players that are on non-contending teams, they may not play as, as much. They may only play three or four times a week. So that's crucial. And, I, I, you know, I've kind of made a decision that if any of my Oysters come up, I'm going to play them. Are you? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, if I can get to fourth, like if I have a shot. You know what I mean? If I'm oh, yeah. run scored, you know, behind in the last week, I'm not. But uh, if I have a shot of, of Cruz, Levator, or uh, Dakota Hudson, pit, uh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing them in there. Honestly, that's that's good by you because think about it. What do you lose by by bringing them up? Twenty five cents next year? It's yeah. Not a big deal. No. Uh, yeah. I, if if they and and O'Neill Cruz is playing well again since he got because he got hurt. So um, yeah, if any of those guys come up and I'm and I'm in striking distance, they're going to be in my lineup. Um, Good for you. And then the weekly, uh, Bearcats, again, in the top three, where they led with 79.5, the Lakers at 76, Dudes at 75, then it drops to me at 68. Sewerhawks have an average week uh, as they gain ground. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You and the Alliance have an average week. The Bulls and the Statman have – the Statman had 8.5 offensive points. This week, Oof. yeah, Oof. That, that 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 that's a big, that's a big hit when you're when you're fighting for the top three. This late, in the well, season. He, 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 you know, let, let's be honest. We we know that the strength of his team within his pitching staff. I mean, he's traded away some pitchers, sure. and yeah. you know, still remains has, has has the best, as you had pointed out early in in the year. But I, I always thought that his looking at his offense and and, and his 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 bench was a little bit light, but. I as much as people had injuries, I think he was he, – he did fairly well avoiding injuries. And, and you know, it, it'll catch up to you at some point. And I think he's just experiencing, you know, a downturn, at an unfortunate part of the season. Yeah. Um, and that's where I gained a lot of ground in him and run scored. I had I led the league with 35, and he had 14. That's a 21. 14. Yeah. 14 run scored. Wow. Yeah. So that, that's a big that, – that's a big difference. Um so yeah, uh, you know Bob with the ten point lead, it it kind of looks like the party's over, but we're not in September. We'll see. Uh, you know, I, I I have to look at the um, the standings a little more closely. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I got I got to be honest with you. Whenever I was leading um, back in the day by ten points, yeah, I would put on that bravado uh, face and say, "Yep, it's over, it's over." But I was always worried, you know, sure. and living and dying yeah. every night. Yeah. So, you know, I want him to feel at least a little bit of angst as the season concludes. Sure. Yeah, because it only takes one one or two guys on a team to get hot. That's all it takes, you know. I mean, look, yeah. look at what Joey Votto did for my team. I was in no yeah. place at one time. Yeah, that guy got I, hot for I, six weeks. That's all it takes. I, I like when Joey Votto says, quote, I've learned to hit again. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would stop at at hit. I'd learn to hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, looking into fab, we have uh eight players, five teams last night. Uh I think the stat yes, man we had did. three. So we're gonna start with Riley Adams, the catcher out of Chicago. 
he releases uh, Luis Guillorme, um, or he, sorry, he's a catcher out of Washington. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he also picked up Newtbar, Lars Newtbar. He's back. Yeah, he looks like a decent player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have him at one point? I did, okay. I did, and I, I dropped him too quickly because the Cardinals sent him down, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I, I can't wait around. Sure. Uh, he drops Josh Reddick, and he also picked up Michael Chavis, uh, first baseman for the Pirates. Um, he's going to be out till next week, but he signed up for two bucks and dropped Travis Shaw, who's now with the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, next is the Bulls. Tyler Gilbert, relief pitcher for Arizona. Tyler Gilbert, yep. Drops uh, of Chad, no of no hit fame, right? That's right. Yep. Drops uh, Chad Cool, and he also picked up Michael Hermosio. Yep. Uh, left fielder Very for good. the Cubs. I actually had a bid in for him, but I must have had someone else, same person, drop. Um, well, and and there's your point about picking up Cubs, right? Yeah, and that's who he picked up last night. I picked up Manuel Rodriguez because you beat me out for Cody Hewer. Yeah, uh, I think it's Hour. Hour. Yeah, you're trying to run into a save or two, right? Yeah, that's it. You know what? Yeah. I, I I got I'm I'm flush with cash, right? I'm, I had ten bucks or something like that in my hand. Had to spend it somewhere. Yeah. So uh, Manuel was my second bid for for Cody. Um, I, I figured if you know they're gonna have a short leash on these guys. So yeah, um, yeah. If if Cody comes in and starts closing the door, he's going to be the closer. If he doesn't, they're going to go to the next guy. Um, so you, you you bid a dollar on him, an hour. I bid a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I feel good. I, you know that I spent two. Then that's yeah, awesome. Doubled me up, and you dropped Daza, who's back on the DL. Yeah. Okay. Um, dudes, pick up uh, Edward Cabrera. I also had a bid in for him. Nowhere near ten dollars. But I had a bid. Did you have a bid in for Cabrera? I I, I didn't, and and I, I have to admit that I, I really didn't see him, and probably wouldn't have spent. I, I wouldn't have gone. I, I couldn't have gone ten dollars. So you know, I, I think that was a strategic bid by the dudes, just looking at what everybody else yeah, had. Sure. Yeah, um, and he still but, has. But, you know, <laughs> he, he yeah he. I mean, he he's a highly touted prospect, right? He is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So if he can get a you know any anybody adding to that pitching staff. Who, who, who did uh, who did the dudes drop? Uh, dudes dropped. Where is he? I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Garrett Cooper, who's back. On okay. The, he's on the D. He's out for the season. Yeah. So I, I guess he's not hanging with Garrett Cooper anymore. He's huh? not. It's always funny yeah. when first basemen have elbow injuries. Well, I guess he plays the outfield too. But like, how much throwing do you do? Have you seen him before, Garrett Cooper? Yeah, actually, I think I might have it, had him last it's, year. It's always strange to see. Him. I don't know. He, you know, he's that flaming red hair. It's always, it always strikes yeah. me as like you know, it was like he's on a little league team or something. Yeah, and he's a guy that he, he's a he's a swing and try to connect guy. He's certainly mm. not a not a uh, average hitter. Um, okay, so actually, it was a pretty good pretty good night with eight players chosen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, people people are still battling with with whatever little money um, they have. The faucet hasn't been turned off uh, quite yet, but you know we're getting to that point now. Yeah, and you know what's funny is uh, so we have the space otters, sewer hawks, and roosters are within four of each other of saves, um, and the the dudes have sixty eight, the bearcats have seventy three, so. Um, I, I'm a little surprised he didn't put a bid in for one of those Cubs closers because he's not that far away. Like if he runs, you know, he gets lucky, you know, you you, you could gain a point there. So yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So you had a you had a note here. Top twenty earned auction value as of uh, last Thursday, the twenty second of August. Okay. Yeah, I see a list of players. Kind of explain what this is. Yeah. So let, let me talk about this. You know, we all we all bid um, on players um, in in the league. We have twenty five dollars um, to spread across five offensive categories and five pitching categories, and and so I went into a website and using our actual criteria of you know all of our stats and how much money um, we can bid, which is the twenty five dollars, and I put that in. And what the system did was to calculate what these players would be worth um, based upon their stats as of August 22nd. 
And no surprising what it spit out was, you know, the top three players, um, heads and shoulders above the rest of the league was Fernando Tatis at, at $4. Um, basically, $4, 401 was the number he had. And that's, that's an incredible number based upon the number of games that he's missed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was right? thinking. Yep. Yeah. Number two was a little bit of a surprise for me. It was Walker Bueller um, at $3.28. Hmm. And uh, um, does that surprise you? Um, I'm I'm going to pull up his stats now. Maybe it shouldn't surprise me because Bueller's a pretty consistent player. He, you know what? I, the only reason I know about him is I have him in NFBC, and he's just he's just quietly good. He just goes out there and and just pitches through all that, and 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 good for him because you know with all the Dodger staff in disarray with Kershaw being out and may not you know um, start again this regular season with with Bauer being out um Gilbert has just been quietly awesome yeah well he's 13 and 2 with a 2 ERA and an under one whip so yeah, yeah I would yeah he's got 178 strikeouts he only has 15 he has 15 decisions in 26 starts yeah now I'm going to run through these other the, the, the next top uh five um you know at number three was Freddie Freeman at 326 Yep. Trey Turner at 318, and then at number five was Jesse Winker yeah. at 304, um, which uh, was, which was a good pickup. But number six really surprised me, Austin Riley, and and I think that's part of the reason. Doesn't the, don't the Bearcats have Austin Riley? They do. Yep. Yeah, and 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 that's one of the reasons for his resurgence. And then your boy Joey Yavato at seven uh, at 295, Nick Castellanos at 293, Brian Reynolds. At 287, I mean, it's what a great year by Brian Reynolds. And I guess the Pirates are electing to build around him yeah. instead of trading him. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the last player uh, you know, I'll mention here, unless you want to go through any others, is Juan Soto at 287, which, you know, um, it, it just goes to show you that it's, it's just so difficult. And in there, there were no... Three dollar retentions in my player. I think the highest for Trevor Story was he was at two dollars in terms of um, earned auction value, and I want to say that Yelich was below a dollar, and you know that's the reason why I'm in ninth. So when I look at this offense, and and I mentioned it the other day or last week to Josh, so he has Jesse Winker who's valued at three dollars as of. Thursday, but he got him for maybe a buck seventy-five. So that was a great value for him. Yeah, he has Juan Soto, who he retained for a quarter of fifty cents, and that's two eighty-five. You know, almost two ninety. Twenty-seven. Yep. Yeah, he has Machado for a dollar, and he got him for two. You know, who's valued at two eighty-five, two eighty-three, and that that's some pretty good value in those offensive players. And and I always thought that his offense was. If it was healthy and producing all year, he he's got a solid, really solid offense, um, and he got some value out of those players to include Nick Castellanos at two ninety five, and he got him for a quarter. Yeah, you know, just just I'll quickly run down the names of of, of the last ten: uh, Muncie, Machado, Elbies, Harper, Degrom, Acuna, uh, Wheeler, Kevin Gausman, um, Max Scherzer, and Brandon Crawford. Did you? Uh, I mean, just the. The, the two Giants players, you know, Gosman and Crawford. Did anybody see those coming? Yeah, you know what? I and I had I, I I had lunch with Rick before the draft, and he said, "I remember him talking." He goes, "I I think I'm keeping this Gosman guy. I I think I don't I, I think he's going to have a decent year, and he's in that big ballpark, and I feel like he's going to play well. But I don't think what he got out of Gosman is what his expectation was. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he had that was a great great retention. On the Galsman thing, because um, he—I mean, most of his numbers are from the first half. But even if he didn't play another inning, that's an awesome, awesome year for this guy. Right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And that was a qualifying offer that the Giants had given to him to to keep him for another year. And I think he might be headed into free agency at the end of this year after the qualifying offer. So good for the Giants and and Brandon Crawford. I mean. What does he have? Twenty something home runs. Did yeah. anybody see that coming? Yeah, he's having a great offensive year. Um, the other thing that sticks out on this list, I think it's a list of twenty, right? So 
2019. Yeah. So number yeah. 16 is Ronald Acuna after missing half the year. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it, you know, if, if I were to one. redo this, <laughs> if I were to redo this at the end of the year, he, he would probably slip from this because sure. it's as of August yeah. 22nd. Yeah. But, but yeah, just to show, and, and, and had he continued to play, he would have been close to Tatis numbers. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to bring up is that Tatis, let's just say four, and Acuna at three fifty. That they're both on the Sewer Hawks. Uh, that would be seven, eight bucks that he's theoretically should have paid, and I think he'd pay, you know, three fifty. So half of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Really good value. Exactly. So, so, so the idea of this exercise was just to take a look and and put it into, you know, we we all know players' actual stats, but then to kind of convert it back to their auction values. It was just kind of interesting to look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that, it, yeah, it does stick out with Tatis and Acuna. <laughs> That's how good they are. They miss time. Yeah. They're still in the top 20. <laughs> so, um, Moving on to baseball news. Miguel Cabrera gets his 500th homer. Uh, he's 38 years old. He wants to play two more years. He's, he's under contract for two more years. So I kind of estimated if he could, if the Tigers or somebody will pay him, you know, that money without cutting him. Um, he's going to have over 3,000 hits, 600 doubles. He already has 500-plus homers. And he's going to approach 1,900 RBIs with two MVPs and a triple crown. Uh, you know, I don't watch the American League much, but I do remember him when he was at Florida. This guy is a throwback hitter, man. Like, he hits for average of power, and there's not yep. much you can get by him in his prime. Is he a Hall of Famer, Teal? Oh, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah, if yeah. anyone doesn't vote yeah. for this guy, I don't know. Like, I, I would say, what the hell are you looking for, man? Like, what? He, this guy's like got he, Willie Mays and Hank, you know, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron type numbers. Usual. He, <laughs> he, here's my hope for him, unlike what happened to Pujols. I, I, I hope, you know, that the Tigers are rebuilding um, a lot faster than, than what everybody yeah, thought. Yep. And, and if he does hang around for two more years, I mean, he, he has the um, – he has the ability to, to be a DH and a first baseman, so he's going to get some playing time. And I just hope that, you know, they can make the playoffs um, be, before his uh, career ends. I'd love to see him playing one more playoff. How cool would that be? Yeah, now he does have a World Series with the Marlins. Um, yep, early on. That was really on. early on, right? Yeah, he, he was a kid. Um, yep. And... He's played in 103 games this year. He's hitting 251. He's got a 708 OPS. So he's not. I mean, he's not a real problem in the lineup. You know what I mean? He, you know, I he can still hit the baseball. It just depends if they're going to have guys that are ready to play. No, I I, I think the problem for the 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 Tigers is the amount of money that they're spending for those kind of numbers. You, you know, those are those are nice numbers but not worthy of $20 million or something like that. Now, certainly that excludes um, what he does in the clubhouse. You know, can, can he help younger players along that type of thing? Um, I think the Tigers are probably pretty happy where they are um, from this season. Yeah, and they're going to pay that $23 million no matter what. I mean, yeah. you know, if they trade him or if they release him, like the, I mean, they, they're somebody, yeah, somebody's going to pay that money. So, yeah. Uh, and then I, I just kind of was out of curiosity. Looked, it looks like Stanton and Trout would be next in line for 500 homers. I don't think Harper is going to make it. Uh, Stanton has 334. He's 31 years old. I don't think he'll make 500 homers. He doesn't stay healthy enough. And then Trout's 29 years old. He's got 310. His numbers say that he will make it as long as he stays healthy. So I, I would agree with you on both accounts. Uh, I guess if Stanton could stay healthy, I mean, there, there's no reason yeah, why he couldn't put, sure. you know, 350 mm -hmm. home run seasons back to back to back. But I just, I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. And, you know, for Trout, this is the longest. He, he's been on, on the IL before, but this has been the longest stint by far for him. It, it has. So, we'll, we'll, and he, he'll walk in next year at 30, which, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll back down on the stolen bases and, you know, he, we talked about this with Griffey, like him playing center field. You don't want him diving into walls anymore. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what so happens. So let, let me ask you, if you were in a, in, in a true draft league, um, is Mike Trout a number one draft choice? Num uh, first, excuse me, not number one, a first round draft choice. Let's just say a 10-team 10, 10 league. 
Does he go first ten next year? Uh, yeah. You think? Okay. Uh, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what his injury was. Okay. I'm not. I should know, but I don't because he's you know he's injured with Atlanta BC team. But yeah, yeah. I, you're probably you're probably right. You know, somebody because of his track record, he probably goes somewhere late first round. Yeah, he's not 35. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, the Padres fire their pitching coach Larry Rothschild, and uh, I texted you, "Hey, did they hit the panic button here?" <laughs> so, so tell me what you think. I think they did. I mean, like, if they're worried about Rothschild dealing with Snell and Lemet and or Lemet and this guy Weather, Lemet and Weathers can't seem to have consistent starts because of you know something's wrong with them. Um, and maybe they think it's him, but I would think you would have picked that out in June. Not now. Um, here, here's the interesting part. I, yeah, yeah I, I absolutely agree with you that I think it was a panic move. Um, I think the Padres front office did everything. they. I, I think they knew that with Clevenger um, out for the year that they needed to backfill. But didn't they do everything they could? I mean, they, they brought in Blake Snell, who, you know, I guess the Rays knew that he was only a five-inning pitcher, but I, I think the Padres were going to be okay with that. Um, they brought in um, a guy from the Cubs. Darvish. Um, Darvish, yeah. And he hasn't really pitched – I guess he's pitched okay, right? Yeah, he's pitched well. And then your yeah. boy – yeah, and, and then your boy that came over from, from the Pirates. Um, he hasn't pitched as, as, as well as of late. So I, I think the Padres did – everything they could have. And it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, um, the next big thing for them was going to be Mackenzie Gore. And I don't think they're going to bring him up this year. So so the question is, what, what, what happened there? Yeah, unless Mackenzie Gore's not pitching well down there, I don't understand why they didn't bring him up. I, I'm, I'm a little confused by that. Um, they brought up Weathers, who was, who was not as highly touted as Mackenzie Gore. Um. Yeah, I I think walking in, they probably thought Musgrove, Darvish, Schnell, uh, Paddock, if he can stay at five hundred, and Lamette, if he can stay healthy, they it's a good starting rotation. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, but Paddock doesn't pitch well and he can't stay healthy. Lamette cannot stay healthy. Weathers can't I, can't get into a rhythm enough, and he hasn't been pitching well of late. Thank and, God they're closing. And, and for David Weathers, Weathers is only twenty-two. Don't forget, yeah, he's only no, twenty-one or twenty-two. Yeah, and that's what I mean. If if you're going to bring up Weathers, why not bring up Mackenzie Gore? Like, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, when I mean, if they don't have Melanson, they they might be a five hundred baseball team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I, you know, I was just looking as you put that out here um, to talk about the Padres. I, I, you and I said two weeks ago that we didn't think that they were going to make the playoffs. And, and they just continue to think, I, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of weeks if the Cardinals pass them into the, you know, the second out of the money wild card spot. Really? Um, but, 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 but listen yeah. to this, listen to this. Okay. In terms of free agents next year um, that they could be interested in um, potential free agent pitchers, Johnny Cueto, um, Kevin Gosman, Clayton Kershaw. And, and the reason why I mentioned oh oh and and Max Scherzer, the reason why I mentioned those four players, um, Cueto in the Giants, Gosman with the Giants, Kershaw with the Dodgers, and Scherzer with the, the, the Dodgers. Don't you think they would love to take something away from the, those teams ahead of them? Uh, yeah, Scherzer may be a little different, but if they went after Kershaw, they but they're going to have to come out with some money. So for Kershaw to leave the Dodgers after a career with them, winning a World Series, Cy Youngs, they're going to have to come up with a bunch of cash for that guy to leave. That's just my thought. I think yeah, Scherzer, no, I... Scherzer is is definitely an option. Uh, it will, you know, Gausman might have some loyalty. I, I don't know what kind of personality he has. So I think Scherzer is definitely an option they could, they could grab – um, if you're signing Johnny Cueto, then you're just kind of reaching at that point. I, I, you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it was a panic button move. I, I figured. I thought that if you didn't think Rothschild was doing his job, or you felt he should be doing something differently, and you weren't on the same page, you knew that in June. And why do you wait yeah. six weeks out from the playoffs when you just lost your spot? 
It's too damn late now. Yeah. I would agree with you. Unless the guy, unless Rothschild's a total moron and the players hate him, the players probably aren't aren't on board with this move. If a player likes a coach, they don't like him being fired. It doesn't matter how bad or good they are. They just, no. Right? They, yeah. Yeah. They just don't like it. Um, all right, the Orioles snapped their 19-game losing streak against Otani, of all people. Um <laughs> Otani did hit a homer to lead off the game, and then he got he gave up a bunch of runs. Um, so they actually the O's won the next two games. Um, so good for them beating Otani coming out of that nineteen game losing streak. Yeah, isn't that the, the the funny part about baseball though? Here here are the Orioles on, on, on a nineteen game losing streak, and they're going up against uh, uh, Otani and thinking, oh well, here comes number twenty, we're going to break our own record. And uh, <laughs> I, th- I I think they hit. Two first inning home runs in in that game. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and Otani becomes the he's he the first. He's not a first player to go forty twenty, but he hit. No, 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 no. He's the first pitcher to hit forty homers and twenty stolen bases. I'm sure. Um, he has forty one so, so homers right now. Forty one. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's the thing that that, that kind of surprises me. I, I don't know. Probably. I'm going to say six or seven years ago, I saw on, on all things, I saw in 60 minutes, um, they did a feature on this player from Japan, Shohei Otani, saying that, you know, he could be the first player since Babe Ruth to pitch and hit in the major leagues. And I'm like, oh, come on. Of, of course, it's on 60 minutes, a little bit sensationalized, that type of thing. I mean, that's never going to happen in the major leagues. Now, now we're talking what mid to like 2015, something like that. I'm like, how good can this player be? And, you know, he's been he's been beset by injuries over the last couple of years. But I, I think we're starting to see the talent that he, he can truly become. And, you know, next year, a year off of a pitching injury, this could be a really special year. Uh, next year could even be a, 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 even more of a year. And imagine if they actually get Trout playing for a whole year and Anthony Rendon playing for a whole year and some of their players like Joe Adele um, and Jared Walsh, you know, start to, well, Jared Walsh is playing well, but just he could be really special, don't you think? Yeah, I, I'm i looking at his numbers now. He's 8-1 and one in 19 starts, so he doesn't go a lot of innings. Um, he's got 127 Ks and 105 innings. I, I think – the optimal, if and I don't know if it's a possibility, but if he could be a closer, that's where I think he would he could play like that for a long time. I don't I don't think you're going to have the energy. I mean, well, he's not in little league. <laughs> okay, so so let me ask you: where, where does his if you had to pick one side uh, of the ball, would you would you would you have him as a pitcher or as a hitter? Uh, I would have him as a hitter because I think major league hitters will figure him out. They figured out every okay. other Japanese pitcher. Okay, so so if that's the case, that makes it really difficult. And I would agree with you. It makes it very difficult to be a reliever if you want to put him in the lineup every day. You know, in between innings, do you say, "Hey, stay out in the outfield and just go into the bullpen. We're going to warm you up if you're going to be a closer." Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Just yeah. the management of that is makes yeah. it really difficult. Yeah, you, yeah, or you could DH. You know the days like, hey, I'm going to use you out of the bullpen if I need you. So you, yeah, you I mean, no throw. He he is at that prime age of 27, so uh, I think he's got a and a three million dollar salary. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It probably cost him more to pay the Japanese team than negotiate with him. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah. No, you're right. You're 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 absolutely right. But you know, he's going to run himself into some some big money soon. Yeah, and I just think long term, it's not it's not viable. Like, even the Red Sox knew that, right? Mm. The Yankees knew it with Ruth. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, DeGrom and Syndergaard start the returns back to the mound. Um, does that mean anything to you? Um, it's 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 a little bit too late, I think, for, for the Mets. They, they look like a team in a, a downfall. I, I, I think if you can get both of them back and feeling good about where they are before the season ends and, you know, try and generate a little bit of optimism um, heading into 2022. Yeah, they could play some spoilers, though. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's all I was thinking. I mean, that. I uh, mean, it's better to, uh, to face Stephen Miguel, who I have, uh, than it is to Grom. Uh, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I don't know. 
I'm not a big Syndergaard. Fan. Uh, I, I, I know he's done some yeah. things, but I, I think it's probably that New York influence, right? Like like yeah. like um Matt like Matt Harvey. Yeah. Where where he's overhyped. I mean, the, the Grom is if the Grom can stay away from injury, he he's he's as good as uh, as he has been. Um, I don't have a problem there, but I, I don't know about Syndergaard. I'm not I'm not a big fan. Are you? I, I, he was, he was one of my trades in 2019, you know, at the trade deadline and he didn't do anything for me. He, he, he probably hurt me and all I was okay. looking for is strikeouts. I didn't care if he won a game. I just wanted to strike people out. He couldn't do it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think he's overhyped, but he's certainly better than what they're throwing out there now. I think. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to address that, too. And, you know, some of those names that I mentioned, along with, like, a Carlos Rondon uh, from, from from the White Sox, there's going to be some pitching out there that um, the Mets, will, I would think, are going to be bidding on. It's just, you know, the CBA kind of complicates the timing of that. Yeah, and Syndergaard's a guy, I, I don't understand why he was not a closer from day one. I mean, after they got through the World Series and he got hurt, and I'm thinking, this guy throws, like, 120 miles an hour. Just tell him you got 20 pitches to get three outs and throws hard as you can. Well, isn't that the knock on him as as a starter is that he wants to throw every pitch 100 miles an hour? Yeah, and he gets hurt. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to pitch five days a week at 20, 25 pitches. Just let it rip, man. And (laughs) we'll give you a couple nights off and we'll give you two more, you know, two more nights where you pitch. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand why they don't. He's got a nasty slider. When the thing works, it's really good. He just can't do it over seven, eight innings, three month, three consecutive months. He just, yeah. I mean, he's proven that. Like, he's proven his arm doesn't hold up. So, I don't know why they keep messing around with it. But I don't care because I hate the Mets. So, <laughs> yeah. Stick him on the – keep him starting, Mets. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. We do have a twib note this week uh, brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, got North Coast Brewing Company. Uh, it's called a uh, – it's a Russian Imperial Stout. Old Rasputin. Um, okay. Yep. Have you have you ever had this? I, I, I believe I have. And, again, this is in, this is in Bill's wheelhouse. Um, I want to say North Coast is out of California. Is that correct? Yeah, it threw North me Coast off Brewing? a little bit. Yeah, it's called Fort Bragg, California. To my knowledge, yep. Fort Bragg's in North Carolina. But anyway, um, I, I, I was a little hesitant with the Russian Imperial Stout. I am kind of biased toward those uh, that country. But anyway, uh, it was made in the USA, so I went with it. Uh, and when, <laughs> It's very good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's when I was pouring it off air and I was telling you, I was like, man, this stuff looks like syrup coming out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I nice. don't know. See, this is where I am with like, this is the first time I really had a stout. I don't know if I've ever even had one. Um, it, it's got a, it's got a smooth when it goes down. It's got a great taste. Uh-huh. Um, it still tastes good as it's getting warm. You know what I mean through the show here. Um, yeah, I don't know if I if I was going out with a bunch of friends and getting a sandwich and a couple beers. I don't know if I'd order a stout. No, I get that. It it, it it's a little bit more filling. It, it's something you kind of want to have on a, on, a, on a cool uh, autumn evening or something like that. You're saying, hey, I want I, I want a beer. Uh, I just want one beer. What do I want to have? Yeah, it 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 tastes it, it tastes really good and. I think the flavor profiles and, and the mouthfeel that you described um, nails it perfectly. Yeah, so um, I had to actually turn the bottle around because that Rasputin picture was freaking me out. So Yeah, it is kind of weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, but but, but that's, that, that's been a, a, a big thing of yours, that you're a little bit nervous of entering into the world of, of, of stouts. And I, I think you'll find um, that... that they're, they're really good. What, what's the ABV on this one? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look. I don't even – you know what? If if you have a minute, I'm, I'm going to – because I, I put it in – I bought it yesterday. You know where I got it. Yeah, of course. Whole, Whole Foods. Foods. Yeah, because I went to get crab cakes. That's what we're having tonight. Um, they, oh, Whole Foods you. has great crab cakes, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, all right, what is this called? 
Old Rasputin. Old right? Rasputin. All right, let me look this up here. Old Rasputin. That's pretty unprofessional. That's okay. Because I'm looking. So uh, I'm looking at Beer Advocate. That's where. Yeah, it's got a 96. And what does it say underneath it? Nine uh, percent. Oh, okay. No, no. But it says 96 means it's world class. World class. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World class. Okay. Um, oh, so that's that's pretty good that Whole Foods sells world class beer, according to the beer. <laughs> well, yeah. and and now and now you've entered um, the world class beer. Don't don't try not to get like Bill, where you need to have beers in in you know 90, 95 and above um, <laughs> to, to to drink. Because he's a bit of a beer snob, but but yeah, um, he, he, and he also has a really good taste for, for those. Um, but yeah, nine percent—you can only drink a couple of those. Yeah, you don't know me very well. That's all right. Okay, um, just careful. All right, so today in baseball history, 1966, the year of my birth, uh, Robin Roberts pitcher for the Cubs beat the Braves. That doesn't seem like noteworthy, right? He became the only pitcher to beat the Boston Braves, the Milwaukee Braves, and the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Help me out with my history. How, how many years is that over? I He pitched in the 50s into the 60s, and I think they made a quick move from from Boston to Milwaukee and Milwaukee to... Out of, out of uh, to Atlanta? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. He's the only player... He's the, well, yeah, he's the only player. Um, wow, wow. Well, okay. okay, so he pitched in his rookie year was 1948, and his last okay. year was 66. So, yeah, um, he must have caught Milwaukee in our like last couple years in Boston. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Roberts, he ended up with 286 wins, mostly as a Philly, uh, received MVP votes in seven consecutive years from 50 to 56. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I don't know much about this guy other than listen to a Phillies, some history. But yeah. um, obviously, he may, you know, next to Carlton, may be one of the greatest Phillies pitchers, right? Uh, yeah. They had a guy in the 40s. Um, his, well, of course, his name's escaping me now. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, well, I guess, yeah, Robin Roberts, yeah. Yeah, he would probably be the best Philly. Um he has 234 wins with him, so I'm sure yeah. he has more than Jim Bunning as a Philly. Um, 2002, to show their displeasure about the the next uh, the next day's impending strike, fans at the Devil Ray Angel game began throwing trash, causing the ejection of over 100 people and foul ball. They started throwing foul balls back into the field at Edison Field. Um, do you remember that? Impending talk of a strike in 2002? I, I, I don't have any recollection of, of any of this. I, I, I want to say that CBA agreements are, are generally signed for three years. Um, I don't know if that's true, entirely true. But, no, I don't I don't know. I, I don't remember any of this. Neither do I. Do you? And, uh, no. And it, I, it's what struck me is that the fans in Tampa would care enough to throw stuff on the field. <laughs> Right. There was that, probably that, only two hundred people there. <laughs> it, it, you know, in, in all honesty, isn't that a franchise? Just, just, gotta just move, move them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be, because he, here's the thing: uh, unlike unlike Miami, who has a new stadium, but they don't seem to put a good quality. They're starting to build a quality uh, uh, organization again. Um, Tampa has had that quality organization, and and, and they got a crappy stadium. Nobody comes out to, to see them. So I, I think the organization themselves has, has proven enough that, hey, if you guys are going to come come and um, support us, it's time for us to move. I, I don't have a problem with that. How yeah, about you? Yeah, I have no problem with that either. In fact, you know, and I know Montreal is, is itching for a team again, which I, I have no problem with that. And we talked about Nashville last week. Yep. But – it, what I really wish is they brought a team into King of Prussia. I would go to more games <laughs> than I would driving into freaking South Philly. Like, since I'm older, like, I think about, like, I'm not driving down 95. I'm not doing that anymore. If they had a team in King of Prussia, I'd go right down 30 to 202. I'd, I'd go a couple times a month. 
so that's interesting that that you say that because you and I had talked off air like when 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 the Bush League went for that um, that day game in June to see the Phillies and did some tailgating had a really good time down there and I remember you saying that you really didn't like to drive in there and I'm like why well, it's not that big a deal why why is he ha- why, why is he complaining uh, about this um, I drove down with with, with Bob Freeze it took us yeah. coming back home. Like an hour and 45 minutes, almost two hours. Bill almost got home before we did. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, this is what Roger is talking about. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. You could go right down 422. Right, <laughs> right down 422, get rid of that freaking mall and put a baseball team there. And then you're going, then there's a reason I'd be okay to go with down. That. Yeah. Yeah. The malls are so antiquated. Yeah. Get rid of the mall, put a baseball team, bring the A's back. Like if you brought Oakland back to north of Philly, and that yeah, that'd be perfect. I'd I, I might have become an A's fan if they did that. Um, and then lastly, uh, today in baseball history, 2006, the Astros center fielder Willie Tavares' consecutive hitting streak came stopped at 30. Uh, he established a new franchise record, which I think still stands. Um, you remember Willie Tavares? Um, vaguely, I just remember. Um, videos of him going up, uh, what was it called, Tails Hill uh, at Minute Maid Park. Remember when they, when they used to have that hill out in center field yeah. and making catches out there? Yeah. Um, but, man, he fell off fast, didn't he? He fell off really fast. And, and uh, one year he had 68 stolen bases with Colorado. So he wow. went from Houston to Colorado, and he was stealing 30 bases in Colorado. Um, his batting average – he was 291, 278, 320, 251, 240, 200. He was out of baseball. Oof. That's quick. It just goes, yeah, it just goes to show uh, just how tough it is. And there's always people nipping at your heels there. I mean, you got to perform day in, day out, or else, you, you know, you find yourself as, as a quad A player pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and it's it just, when I, when I watch that, I think, why is Billy Hamilton still in the league? Like, <laughs> this guy could actually hit the baseball a little bit. And Hamilton pops up every once in a while. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, what are you walking off with? So, hey, I just want to wish you t- uh, tomorrow uh, your double nickel birthday, right? You're, yeah. You turn 55 tomorrow, is that right? 55. Yay, yay. What, what's the big celebration? Do you do anything uh, anything special? Uh, is it the crab cakes? No. Um, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to kick around the house. We're still at this house that we're house-sitting for, Christy's cousin. And they have a pool, so okay. I think tomorrow I'm just going to lounge in the pool. Yay. Well, we, we want to know. We want to know um, next week what your, um, what your birthday celebration beer is going to be. Are, are you going to have something special there? That's a good question. I don't know. I didn't think about it. All right. It. Well, su- surprise yeah. us. Surprise us All with right. a birthday beer. Put it on my tab. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what are you going to walk off with? Uh, a stat man last night. Actually, it was kind of funny. Greg Souders was at the – he's at the – Cardinals Pirates series as well this weekend. Uh, Statman texted me about Tyler O'Neill, and uh, I was texting back with him saying, "Hey, Greg's there too." Greg sent me a picture of his seat, like a vision, you know, view of the field, and I said, "This is where Greg is. Are you close?" And Bill sent me a picture. He was like two rows behind home plate. <laughs> I said, "Wow, that's really good." And he said, "Yeah, I self upgraded." So <laughs> he said, "He said he just walked down there and sat down." Well, you, you know he is good on the reconnaissance uh, side of things, so I'm I'm sure um, yeah he's had a little bit of help there, yeah. So, Bill, if you're li- you know when you listen, uh, Texas, if you got booted or not, and you know how many innings you sat there, and uh, I guess the Cardinals shut him out last night. Uh, you know what? Okay, so so just real quickly before we end here, I I, I want to say that was the fourth start uh, for Adam Wainwright against the Pirates, pitched. Uh, 30 innings against them this year. Guess how many runs he's given up against them? Uh, one one earned run in 30 innings. Are you kidding me? Against the Pirates. No, I'm serious. <sighs> well, let me, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's manhandled them. And good good for Bob Freeze for uh, retaining Adam Wainwright because I'm like, hmm, geez, I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan, and I'm not that optimistic. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible, right? Yeah. Um... Yeah, good for him. Maybe he knew how many times he was going to, you know, pitch against the Pirates. And and plus the, the great thing about Wainwright, he he's going seven, eight innings into each start. I mean, he's just just a throwback. 
You think this is his last year? He hasn't announced. Um, the Cardinals have signed Yachty for one more season, and Yachty said he's retiring after next year. Yeah. I think I think uh, based upon what he's done this season, I don't know if you can expect that next season, but I think the Cardinals would probably want to bring him back on a one-year contract. So I, I'm, I'm saying, yes, he'll be back next year. Okay. All right. Yeah, and he was, he was a good pitcher, and he was one of those guys that you started off in the bullpen and worked his way into the starting lineup and – 20 game winner and World Series winner and yeah, yeah he was a he was a good pitcher. So next week um, we're going to talk about your team, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. We're going to talk about my team. Hopefully, uh, you know, I make a move over the week. We'll see. And we'll be coming again next week. We'll be coming to you from Honolulu, Hawaii, next week. Okay. Uh, yeah, just shoot me a text. You know, if I'll fit it in your beach schedule. Right, yeah, yeah, we'll have. Well, I'll see if I can work you in somewhere. Maybe okay. I'll be doing it from a falls or something like that. We'll see. Maybe Maui Brewing. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you got a pig roast coming up or no? You going to a pig roast? No, no. We're, I, I think we're just going to stick to uh, to drinking some, uh, some 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 beers and and that type of thing. I'm going to try and get to a couple of like Kona Brewing and Maui Brewing and a couple of of micro brews here in 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 Hawaii. So should be good. All right, champ. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, All right, Chief. Aloha.